0: and welcome to this episode of the Career Success Podcast. Today, we will be joined by Stane Demiersman. Stane started his career in 2001 at p Belgium, where he completed various commercial and market strategy and planning roles. In 2007, he moved to Geneva to gain experience across Western Europe, and in 2009, Stane returned to Belgium as the customer team leader for Carrefour. By 2012, he joined L'Oreal as the commercial director for the consumer products division across Belgium and Luxembourg, and in 2015, he was promoted into his current position as general manager, commercial operations, CPD, for the UK and Ireland. He's currently responsible for a team of 150 employees, which recently achieved the highest turnover and market share growth in 15 years, thanks to a renewed go-to-market strategy. Stain also has a great passion for organizational transformations leading to breakthrough results. Welcome, Stain.
1: Hi, Lauren. How are you?
0: Doing well. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: It's a pleasure, and uh, always call it. Always nice to call you from our uh, London offices in this bright weather these days.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. It's very enjoyable this winter, though.
1: No? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: So yeah, basically, um, I wanted to give you a, a quick uh, have a chat with you and a couple of things on your career and, and leadership to start off with. Um, as most successful careers progress, uh, leadership and leading teams is a key skill that must be developed. Uh, what does great leadership look like to you?
1: Well, Lauren, everybody will probably have a different dis- definition or a personal definition to leadership. The the one definition that resonates most with most with me is. People will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you make them feel. And it's always with a great pleasure for me that I continue to connect and have a great bond with previous team members, previous colleagues. And it shows to me that when you're able to build something beyond the day-to-day, beyond the business, beyond the numbers, it actually give, gives you a much bigger reward than purely your business results. Of course, I always tend to reach for the stars, be very challenging both for the team and myself, but if you create a culture of mutual trust, intellectual challenge and passion, you create a very rewarding culture and a very high-performing team. And as a leader, I always try to bring people with different backgrounds, different functions, different interests together around the table in task forces, in, in tribes, whatever you want to call it, to build that collaborative spirit and to make people feel that they're part of something bigger than purely their own job and their own day-to-day business results.
0: Okay, great. I know that you have uh, multiple years of experience now, and um, if you could give a piece of advice um, to yourself when you were just starting out in your career, what would that advice be?
1: Well, the advice pro- would probably be uh, see the world. Be in touch with the world. Make sure you know what's happening out there. I see many people in my team from all ages uh, who hardly come out of the office. Sure. Um, were not connected with what's happening out there. And I think what what I've always tried to do, and uh, what I've always challenging myself if I do it enough, is to be in touch with uh, with the outside. Being it uh, within your own company, but with other countries. Uh, yeah. Being it with uh, previous employers. Uh, Stay in touch with old colleagues, stay in touch with friends. Make sure, of course, that also the people around you have a very different background. Don't only talk to people, I would say, uh, from the same industry. Talk to people who have a completely different, uh, different skill set, complete different experience. And uh, that's what I've always found very helpful. And that's what I'm always challenging myself. Yes, your own job is very important. And yes, you need to be successful in your own job to be able to progress. But you're only going to be so successful if you're not in touch with what's happening out there.
0: Sure. So surrounding yourself with as much diversity as possible then.
1: Yeah, that's actually a, yeah, that's a very very good summary and very good to rephrasing it. Uh, it is the the diversity of your contacts and the diversity of the people you, you're in touch with, attending so, m- as many conferences as possible, attending as many uh, discussions with, with, uh, with probably people challenging your point of view, sure. uh, which makes me more successful and uh, let's say more open to new ways of thinking uh, on a daily basis. Yeah.
0: Well, let's shift a bit, because I'd like to get your opinions on a couple of industry-specific topics. Um, I know that there's a lot to cover, but we'll try to just cover a bit. Um, But really, in terms of um, e-commerce and digital, how do you think e-commerce and digital have affected your business? And as well, how will it continue to change in the future?
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything new. Uh, if uh, if I would state, of course, that e-commerce digital has affected our business a lot. I think in, in overall in the FMCG industry, the FMCG industry is not the industry which is uh, one of the first one being affected by the digital revolution. I would say uh, mm-hmm. there are some industries being. Uh, the technology industry was uh, way ahead of the FMCG business. Uh, this being said, I think today FMCG is uh, probably at the center of this uh, this change. If I link it back to uh, to our L'Oreal uh, business, we've clearly spelled out that we want to have 20% of our business going through e-commerce by 2020, which is a significant uh, significant size of the business, of course. Digital has also enabled us to be much closer to our consumer. And many of our innovations uh, today, many of our brands uh, today have become purely digital brands. Okay. Uh, yeah. If we launch, uh, if we launch a new innovation, if we launch a new product, if we launch a new brand, many of the elements have often been driven by bloggers and vloggers. I can give you uh, uh, two examples. Um, one example is a complete revolution of our hair colorants uh, business, mm-hmm. uh, which has been driven by uh, by people uh, giving inputs and by bloggers and vloggers, and it has actually not been created uh, in our labs by uh, our. Uh, or R and D specialists, as it uh, as it used to happen before. So the, the insights, the ideas came from the bloggers and the vloggers. The cosmetics brands, uh, NYX, uh, okay. which is a brand which is con- con- which is massively thriving on the inputs on a daily basis uh, from the from the social community, and uh, it's actually the social social community who is driving the brand and who is uh, making sure that the brand stays top of mind and uh, who does probably all the all the media for us. The media model uh, has completely shifted from from a mass communication uh, top-down from the L'Oreal brand uh, and has become more an individual one-on-one conversation with our consumers.
0: Yeah, also, I mean, I was actually attending the IGD big debate uh, in October last year and they had a speaker that was Demetrius Sivrikos, a professor at University College in London, that had said that, you know, he believed that not all products belong online and in-store. Do you agree with this?
1: You're right to say that uh, there are there are products who are uh, performing much better online than in store. We call it sometimes I uh, would call it the shame products. There are indeed sometimes products were over trending uh, online, being it products, for instance, hair colorants for 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 men. You would perform uh, much better online than in store. To say that um, there is a clear distinction between which products should go online and which products would go in store, it's much more difficult to say i would rather say they complement each other what we for instance to give you one example uh we have in our uh, foundation category so our, uh, our our skin foundation category mm-hmm. we would have up to 30 shades from the darker tones up to the very light tones okay now some of these are performing uh, very well and some of these are driving much more sales which would tend to be the the shades you would have in store but there are shades which, of course, uh, people people are looking for. And that's how the shades you would then uh, try to have uh, much more visible online because you can target the consumer group uh, much better online.
0: Okay. No, I think that that makes sense. You know, looking forward for the, the next five years to come, what do you see as the biggest challenges that your business will face?
1: Biggest challenge? Uh, I think it's probably staying very agile as an organization okay. because you see, of course, many industries uh, have to re, re, uh, reinvent themselves. Many companies are reinventing themselves. And probably every single company in the world is going through a transformation process these days. And yes, you have the digital revolution, which is accelerating that. But I think it's probably uh, many elements coming together. It's, the, it's different, different generations. Uh, it's, so we need to, as an employer, we need to stay relevant for uh, the millennial generation but also we need to stay relevant for the older generation, being it both from your employees as well as from your consumers. So Mm -hmm. many companies go through revolutions these days. The challenge stays as a company, you want to to stay relevant both for your employees as well as for your consumers. And then, of course, linked to that, if I take it from my day-to-day perspective, I want to stay relevant for my my retail partners. If I see purely in the UK elements happening as... Amazon Morrison's tie-up, Sainsbury's Argos uh, tie-up, mm-hmm. uh, Tesco Booker uh, links. If I see what, uh, just to name a few, what uh, what Amazon is doing with the store, uh sure. what uh, Uber is doing with Eats, mm-hmm. just, just to name a few examples. This offers amazing opportunities for our business and for our industry uh, to, to be close to our consumers. But of course, it has many challenges and it puts many elements uh in terms of business model, in terms of supply chain uh, model, into into question. The challenge we're going to have as a branded manufacturer, uh, but also as a total industry, is how we're going to go through that. I would call it uh, call it evolution, call it revolution, and to make sure that we don't create too much complexity, and uh, we're able to harvest on the elements which we've been building over the last years, but we are also been able to tap into these new opportunities as a, as a company. We, uh, we as, a, as, a, as, an, as an industry, but also as, as a company.
0: And um, yeah, just lastly, I know that you haven't always worked at, at L'Oreal your whole career, but um, I wanted to ask you, what kinds of, of opportunities do you think L'Oreal has to offer to employees?
1: Well, I think overall, uh, L'Oréal is, is probably very, very well placed these days. Uh, when we talked about uh, the digital changes earlier on, I think L'Oréal, as a, as a big, as a big large uh, manufacturer uh, and a big FMCG uh, giant, I would say, is very well placed for me for two reasons because. Yes, we are a very big company. Yes, we are the number one in beauty. Uh, but on the other hand, we are actually a, a, a startup company. So L'Oréal has the has the good the good balance, I would say, between being an organized company who has the size and who has the ability to invest mm-hmm. uh, and has the ability to influence an industry and to influence a category on the one hand, uh, but on the other hand, we we are very dynamic. We are an a company which can integrate very small uh, startups who can integrate small brands and can, able, can, can enable them or can allow them to deliver uh, great results. So it's that balance where indeed if you're a large company, you are constantly being challenged by small startups who can be very dynamic and can have a very steep learning curve, I would say. L'Oreal has a good balance between being, an, uh, being a, a company who has a, uh, very very organized but on the other hand being very dynamic flexible in the way we manage career paths, in the way we manage our brands in the way we manage regions in the way we manage uh, portfolios so that I think and that's what gives me confidence that L'Oreal is able to and probably attract the right talents mm-hmm. uh, probably able to, to retain the right talents uh, but also to be able to, uh, to, deliver, uh, to re- deliver strong results
0: Okay, Steyn, well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Career Success Podcast.
1: It was a pleasure and uh, always happy to uh, stay in touch with, uh, with you and any one of your audience uh, to talk about uh, L'Oreal or to talk about our FMCG industry in general.
0: All right, well, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Lauren.